Christmas theme this year has been wonder. We've been talking about wonder all year. Uh, maybe not always said that as being the start-up uh, uh, word, but we just finished uh, the wonderful counsellor. So we've been uh, talking about the Holy Spirit and his, uh, his character and uh, his nature, uh, who he is as a person, understanding what he does. <coughs> you see, the wonder that God's been speaking about all year has been the wonder of who he is, and that is linked to the wonder of who we are. When we get a, a vision of really just who God is, we start to see who we are. Not just who we're called to be, but who we are. That is wonderful to me. The more I see Jesus, the more I see the true reflection of myself. Or rather, I see myself properly. Yeah, yeah. When I look in the mirror, I see with my natural eyes... When I look in the scriptures, I see with my spiritual eyes. That is the wonder, really, of Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so as we saw last week and over this, over this last course, really the, the work and the person of the Holy Spirit to lift, raise up, magnify, and help us to understand Jesus. To lift the name of Jesus high, as we've been doing this morning, as to see his goodness. The Holy Spirit testifies, we heard. He witnesses and exalts Jesus in every situation. So, that name Jesus, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He proclaims that name above every name. And so this morning, we're just going to, we're going to look at the name, the name of Jesus. Why is it above every name? That name that's above all names. He's the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is before all and in all and through all. That's Jesus. God's intention was for us to understand by seeing Jesus. And it says in, in John 16, Jesus, when he was speaking about the Holy Spirit, he says, the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world. He's going to convince the world to make known to the world sin, righteousness, and judgment. And the Holy Spirit's work, as we saw last week and the week before, it was to, to demonstrate, to reveal Jesus to us, to help us to understand that to not believe in Jesus is sin. Everything else we do that we recognize as sin, the plural, stem from that one sin that we don't believe in the one God sent. And then of righteousness because Jesus said he's going to the Father. In other words, the only one who is able to gain full, complete and total access to the Father. Jesus is righteousness for us. 
a judgment because God never intended judgment to come on you and me, but always intended judgment to be on the devil. He created hell for the devil and not for man. That's right. Wow. Yeah. What a lie the enemy has sold us. That yeah. we'd rather be in hell with our friends and enjoy life now. Hell was never designed for you and me. Yeah, that's right. We were designed for eternity with God. Yeah. We were designed to know him yeah. from day one, yeah. to walk with him all of our lives on the earth, and then to walk with him all of our lives on the new earth, where heaven itself lives and dwells on the earth. Yeah. A brand new heaven and a brand new earth, and you and me made completely new. Yeah. Wow. That's salvation. That's what it means to be saved. That's what it means to be in relationship with God. It's what it means to, to have the Lord and for him to have you and me. It means for us to know that as a, as a reality every day. And in John 3, verse 16, it says, Whoever does not believe is condemned. Condemned because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. That's the problem. People need to know who this Jesus is. And that's what's so exciting. Christmas. God invaded earth. God was going to do everything it took for you and for me and every person out there to receive the gift of life that he'd always intended. Christmas is the greatest celebration of God's heart an intention for us apart from Easter that Christmas was God going I have never intended you to be on your own I'm coming as a baby just like you to live like you so that you know I care and then Easter the fulfillment of every promise, him dying so that we would never die. Wow. 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 When we understand that, you know, uh, this is what, in Acts 2, Peter proclaimed that name. He spoke that name to people who were religious. In in Acts 2, he's not speaking to people who do not understand. He's speaking to people, Jews, who have had the scriptures from birth, who have been grown up, trained in the scriptures. Every person in Israel was trained in the scriptures. And though they may have come from other lands, every person that heard on Acts 2 was a Jew and they all understood yet they didn't understand and Jesus name was preached to them and it says they were cut to the heart they were cut to the heart somehow in that preaching in the speaking of the name of Jesus the penny dropped 
That's, you know, talking, it's a, it's a metaphor, you know, when you put a, a money in a slot machine. You know, you want the, the chocolate bar, you want the, uh, the, the cuddly toy, and you put the money in the slot machine, and it drops. Until it drops, the mechanism doesn't unlock the drawer. Yeah? Sometimes I know I realize I use phrases that we don't all understand. You have to forgive me. But when that penny drops, when the concepts of God go from something that we're hearing into revelation into our hearts that we understand and we can live with, where we actually get the prize, that what we call revelation, that understanding of Jesus brought a change of life. Yeah. And 3,000 got saved in a day. 3,000 who had believed in God, who had been raised in the scriptures, on that day understood they needed to go from believing in God to accepting God yeah. as their savior. Yeah. This is the thing. So many people don't understand the difference. You can believe in God. The devil believes in God and trembles because he knows his destiny. So what is your destiny? Do you know your destiny? Do you know where you're going if you die tonight? And I was encouraged by uh, Pastor Marcus uh, to listen to uh, uh, the story of a, a man, Mr. Gennaro, in some place in Sydney. And all he did was give tracts out and ask people that question. Do you know what would happen to you if you died tonight? And most of the people got annoyed, walked away, upset with this guy. And he never saw the fruit of his labors until one person gave testimony in London in the UK to a pastor and said about how he got saved. And then a week later, that same pastor heard someone else talk about this same person. And then he went to a convention, and he heard some more people. And then, within a very short space of time, he heard 10 testimonies of people who got saved through that one man saying that question, do you know what would happen to you? course the story then goes on and he goes and finds the person and he lets them know but it, it turns out uh, of those 10 they are leaders of uh, Indian missions they are leaders of uh, outreaches they are pastors that all those people those 10 actually went and saw multiple people saved that name of Jesus you know don't worry if someone reacts because that name causes a reaction. That name made me mad before I got saved. It made me cross at stupid films like Omen and all the rest of it, you know, all the, uh, the horror movies. Because I, I could never understand why anyone would be interested in the occult if this name of Jesus had anything in it that didn't seem to be an equal battle. I just didn't want to know. It, 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 I got I, it, it, something I wanted to push away and not get to know this name of Jesus until I met people that lived 
with Jesus and then it was irresistible you see you need to walk with Jesus so that when you speak the name of Jesus people hear and see Jesus is right here right now that's the wonderful thing about the name of Jesus you see the name of Jesus there's some things I'm going to just talk about it um we look at uh, Philippians 2. Let's just turn to that in your Bibles. Philippians 2. This name of Jesus. In Philippians 2, starting at verse 5. In your relationships with one another. Ooh, this is good, isn't it? It's already starting, right? the same mindset as Jesus Christ. So this is our attitude as we're speaking to people. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used on his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is what Peter proclaimed in Acts. He spoke that to people and the temple, 3,000 got saved. He spoke it in Acts 4 to the leaders, to the rulers. And when he spoke that name, though they were astonished, they recognized this guy is just an ordinary, unlearned person, yet they realized these people have been with Jesus. Something's different. Something's changed. This name that they preached affected them. You see, when the angel came to Mary and she was told that she was chosen to bear God's son, we read about this in Luke 1, verse 26 to to 33. When the angel came, he said, you will conceive and you will give birth and you will call him Jesus. There was instruction about that name. They, they weren't just told, oh, you're going to have a son. And he's, you know, he's going to do some amazing things. They were given clear instructions. This is the name you are going to give your son. In fact, God was so determined that this would be the name that he then spoke and we read about that in, uh, in Matthew 1 and verse 18 to 21. He spoke to Joseph, her husband, to tell him, this is the name. Yeah, yeah. And this baby is my baby, God was saying. Yeah. 
This name is important, it matters. You see, when we think about names, you know, Jesus means Jehovah saves. It means he will save. There's a variant of the name Joshua. But he wasn't given the name Joshua, he was given the name Jesus or Yeshua. If you want to actually get the exact pronunciation, but in Jesus, that name Jesus, it means he saves. Jehovah saves. He wasn't given the name Abraham, father of nations. He wasn't given the name Moses. He draws out. He delivers. He wasn't given the name Israel, which means that he will rule as God. He wasn't even given the name Peter, the rock. He wasn't even given the name Paul, which means stop or it's the end. Yet he has all of those names. He was given the name that most encapsulated everything God wanted us to understand. I save. You know, that name that we give people really matters. When we were uh, pregnant, uh, Claire was pregnant with uh, our son, things were prophesied about us, about this church, which is why he's called Joseph. He shall add nickel in victory. Our son was a prophetic declaration about this church. This church will grow in victory. It will multiply. There will be addition. There will be growth. There will be salvations. So that was the name God gave us for our son. Abby, she's called Abby, Abigail, Abigail Sarah, because she's from the father of joy, a princess. You know, at that time, we were, we were just, wow, the, this, we've got this baby, this, we've got this gift from God, this joy. Names matter. Names don't just describe, they actually invoke nature, and they invoke character. And one of the things I know with Abby, she's always joyful. She gets grumpy at times, but it doesn't stay grumpy for very long. Because she is from the source of joy. Joseph, however people are with him, they always seem to like him and want to be around him. They get annoyed with him at times. I think of, you know, the, the, this name of Jesus... Jesus, the Lord who saves. The Lord who saves. The Lord saves. I save. Every time his name's being called out, we're saying salvation. His name is salvation. There is no other name by which men are saved. His name literally means it. So when we think about those names, 
we understand a few things. So I'm just going to point out some really obvious things to us today. One, that name comes as an inheritance. My son, my children, their name, Morton, town by the moor, That's all it means. It's a good place. Their surname, they were born into my family, therefore it is their inheritance. They did nothing to receive that name. It was put on their birth certificate. It was put there by their father and mother. It was put there legally. They can go to the courts to get it changed. They can call themselves any other things, but every time they fill in an official form, even if they go by another name, they will have to write that name there. That name Morton, even Abby married, is McGuigan Knee Morton. Um, her maiden name is asked for on forms, even though she now has a married name that's different. Our children can leave us, can go away and call themselves all kinds of other things until they need passports, until they need something official, and that name has to be put there, otherwise they're illegal. This name... It says in Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews 1, this is the name. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors. Hebrews 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke through to our ancestors, the prophets. This is Hebrews 1, verse 1. And many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, and so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. The inherited name has nothing to do with what Jesus did. The inherited name was where Jesus operated from. His name was there before he was born as the man on the earth. So Jesus could say, before Abraham was, I am. This inherited name was not performance-based, was his right. His right is Jesus, to be called God Most High, to be called that. And that's what it says in Isaiah 9. As we speak about that at Christmas, unto us a son is given, unto us a child is given. He shall be called Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Spoken before he ever walked the earth. Spoken an inheritance, a declaration of this son who is coming that you are going to see revealed is these things before he is ever manifest on the earth. This is who he is. And in fact, it goes on in in, uh, Genesis 49.10, it says, The scepter shall not, the the symbol, the scepter is the orb, the the thing that you um, carry, that is the symbol of authority. It's the symbol of the throne. The scepter. Sometimes it was a stick, sometimes it's an orb. It was a a kind of miniaturized version of a club (laughs) that you hit people with. It was a symbol of authority. And the the reason it's an orb is you could just hold it. You You didn't need a lot to wield your authority. And you see, the name of Jesus was inherited. In fact, it says in Hebrews 1, verses 5 and 6, it says, To which of the angels did God say, You are my son, I have begotten you. You and I, we were created, fashioned out of the mud, made from dust. Jesus was begotten. He was not created. He was brought forth. He was conceived in a whole different way. That's unique. That's why he doesn't have an inherited sin nature. The sins of the Father has been passed on. He had a unique nature. Otherwise, he would have been exactly like us in weakness and brokenness with a sin nature trying to fight and avoid the temptations of the enemy. He needed a different start. The second Adam was begotten, not created. Such a key for us. When we confess these things, when we, when we talk about we believe in, there's some things we really need to understand. Begotten, the inherited name. This name that he inherited was not the name of Adam. He is of the second Adam. He is of the new creature creation. He is God's son. Awesome. That's wonderful. Is that very conceived? You know, Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit, not an angel or a man. God didn't come as a man and lie with Mary and impregnate her. An angel didn't do it to her. The Holy Spirit himself overshadowed and conception happened. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. This inherited name is of a new start nature. 
This is what's really important. When we talk about inherited name, we're not just talking about a glorious name, a family name. We are talking about the very nature of God. God brought Jesus from himself. Begotten. I don't fully understand all that. So, if he was begotten, what was before? In, in my mind. But it says, and we read about this in, in uh, Proverbs, uh, and it talks about wisdom. I was there before creation. I was there when you brought the stars out, when I was, in, I was encouraged as we did all this together. The very word of God was spoken by the Father, the word's a person. That to me, it's like brain ache. I don't understand. I receive, I believe that by faith. Amen. It does not matter whether I can get my head around it. What matters is whether I believe it or reject it. How can God have a son and be God? He says, that's what I believe. Okay? This, this is what faith is. Faith is believing what God says, whether I understand, comprehend it or not. He is the true. He is always the truth. He never lies. He cannot lie. Therefore, I believe what I do not understand. That's salvation. This is Jesus saves. I don't need to understand salvation to receive salvation. I believe and therefore I receive. I believe, I confess and I receive. This is such a, a key because at his birth, God is so excited about it that the angels have a party. Then, God's so excited when Jesus is brought to the temple to be dedicated, Simeon and Anna can't help but go and express God's word now called prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They prophesy. Then at his baptism, he rips the heavens open and goes, That's my son! point. You see, in Israel, you are born into a family, but you have to remain in the family to enjoy the inheritance. You are not a son just by right. You are a son by adoption, even though you are naturally born. You are born to the family, but you at eight days have to be purchased again. And you have to go through the bar mitzvah at 13, or baptism, you know, that consecration. It's a time of consecration. But you also have to go through an adoption. You are recognized by your father as the inheritor of the, the estates. You do not automatically get these things. 
So Jesus is bestowed the name that's above every name, not just inherits the name that's above every name. He has that name as a birthright, but the birthright is something you actually have to lay hold of. Esau traded his away and could not get it back even though he repented. He lost his birthright. Birthright is not the same as inheritance. Birthright is the promise of inheritance. Which is why salvation is, I am saved, I am being saved, but I shall be saved if I continue to the end. I must end my days in faith, not just walk my days in faith, not just start in faith, not just make a decision for Christ. To make a decision for Christ is to be given the gift of birthright and to throw it on the shelf and go, that's nice, is of no use to you. You will not be saved. We have to go on working out our salvation with fear and trembling, even as Jesus, even though he received it, born of a time, it says in Galatians 4 verse 4, when the time came, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem, to buy back. Because Israel had to buy back their children. Israel, this is what we have to understand. Covenant relationship is something that you take hold of. You don't just get it. Israel had to buy their children back. Circumcision. And doves, if you were poor, Lambs, if you were rich. So we know Jesus was born into a poor family because the sacrifice brought to the temple was two doves. He was not born with riches into a rich family. Otherwise, his family broke the law at his birth. And everything Jesus did fulfilled the law. Prosperity was something he laid aside taking poor poverty like us, yet he never lived a poverty lifestyle. This is great news for us. Whatever you were born into, you don't need to live in. Hallelujah. He became poor that we became rich. He didn't stay poor. Every need was met by his father. That's something we need to confess. It doesn't matter the starting point. It doesn't matter the now. What matters is our confession. Who are we laying hold of and declaring and walking in today? The start point doesn't matter. He is our source, our sufficiency, our provision. He saves. He saves. He saves. That's so exciting. You see, the inherited name means I'm a full son. 
but the name that I am bestowed or gifted is the adoption into the full rights. And what I see is the character and the nature being revealed. So the bestowed name, Jesus was given this name because he walked on the earth in righteousness, in holiness, in obedience. He was heard for his reverent submission, that name that was bestowed. It says in, in Psalm 8, verse 5, What is man you're mindful of? Him? You made him lower than the angels, but then you crowned him with glory and honor. You see, there was a time for testing and proving that this salvation worked. This holiness was working. This new beginning of, of a new nature had to be proved in the earth. Not just as some theory. We don't believe a theory. We believe a person who lived, who was tempted just like us. That's what Hebrews says, Hebrews 4. Uh, Hebrews 2, sorry. He was tempted just like us, yet was without sin. This is such key for us. In our speaking and declaring to ourselves and our speaking and declaring to everybody else, this name, this name, reverent submission. He was heard through this. He was heard because of his reverent submission. He submitted, therefore he could be exalted. The problem, the enemy has always got man trying to do himself what God says, if you'll submit, I'll raise you up. He opposes the proud. He opposes those who try to establish themselves. You see, this is one of the things into our nature, into our world today, and I speak that with my kids here myself, you get honor from the parents because you honor them. Jesus received honor from the Father because of the way he lived, therefore he was exalted and lifted up. That promise, obey your parents, says it comes, it comes with a promise, it's a command. It comes with a promise, you will live long in the land and do well. There's something creative about that word that we need to, as parents, to speak to our children, reminding them, you may be right, but keep the right attitude. I might be wrong as the parent, keep the right attitude. Honor me even when I'm wrong, because it will go well with you. Hey, sometimes as parents, we need to let our kids be right and not try and prove them wrong all the time. I really am one of those. Jesus submitted to the Father's every decision without questioning, even to the point of death on a cross, because he so trusted the Father, it didn't matter what people did to him. He knew my Father will never let his Holy One see decay. The scriptures, you see, on the cross, he's quoting Psalm 22. They've cast lots for me. They, my bones stick out. They pierce me, my hands and my feet. And then he shouts. My, at the start of it starts, my God, why have you forsaken me? But at the end of it, he's saying, it's finished. Psalm 22. 
People don't understand what Jesus is doing on that cross. My God, my God, why are you forsaking me? He understands he's putting his trust in the Father. He's putting his trust in the Father. He's quoting to those watching, look, you think you understand what you're doing. Father, they do not understand what they're doing. Forgive them. Because I am saves. I am saves. Jesus was called Jehovah saves. He was called what he was then walking out each day. He was given an inheritance name, but he was given a bestowed name because he proved trustworthy. He did what it says on the tin, you know, run seal. It does what it does, says on the tin. And that brings us to the most important one, the name that is came through performance or conquest. These three, these three things, the inherited name, the bestowed name, and the conquest or performance name. Ephesians 1, just turn to Ephesians. Ephesians 1, verse 17. keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. I pray the eyes of your heart being enlightened in order you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same strength, uh, that great power, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way wow you see this is the performance jesus we read in colossians 1 he triumphed over sin he took our sin he took us to the cross over the law Every arrangement or every rule and regulation and made a public spectacle of the enemy. Stripped him of his power. This is what we read in Colossians. It is so powerful. This name Jesus means he strips power from the enemy. <laughs> this name Jesus means he saves from sin. This name Jesus means he saves from the consequences of the law. He's proved it. He's declared it. He has gained through conquest this name. You see, my son, he lives in my household. I want him to do some things. We give our children, we teach our children to do things. Not just live, not just eat our food, we train them to do the work, the housework. 
We train them to do shopping. We train them to live because we want them to succeed. We get excited when they succeed. We get excited when they succeed. When they do something amazing, we let everybody know. We post it on Facebook. We'll, we'll put it on the walls. The, you know, the, the pictures my kids did, they are, some of them are still in our cellar. We've still got some of them. Some of them are, are, are um, uh, Bex has got a couple of hers that are in, um, in frames. There's a demonstration of their overcoming. Jesus is a demonstration today that empty cross is empty to show death wasn't the end. That's why it's an empty cross and not Jesus on the cross. Why do many Catholics, not all, why do many Catholics get stuck in repentance from, salvation, from sin? They're stuck because they have Jesus still on the cross. They recognize the death, but they haven't entered into the resurrection part. The focus... Now, let me just say, every church, including this one, has areas where we don't have the full revelation. Okay? So please, don't... This is not some pride thing again against the Catholic. I'm just saying, well, they actually have got... For many people, they have an understanding of the need to repent from sin. That is their strength and weakness. Because that's where they're stuck. Okay? There are some people who understand grace and never deal with the repentance part and therefore live in unreality because they don't have the full gospel. If you don't repent, you can't have grace. It's blunt. Paul speaks about these things. There is no place for grace without repentance. Scriptures are clear. Jesus has the name that enables all of these things. Inherited, bestowed, and the performance gift, the performance name. That's why he is able to give us a new relationship. Father, not just God. Father. Starting in our prayer, call him Father. Where do we start from? We start from the bestowed name, seated in heavenly places. We start from the performance place. It's done. Wow. These names, you know, I'm trying to put it in a slightly different way, you know, because sometimes we hear sermons and bestowed, inherited, victorious. God has always intended us to understand relationship, position, and performance in Jesus are done. That is the message of Christmas. That is the message of the name of Jesus. This name that you and I are to use when we speak, when we declare, when we pray, 
when we worship this name that's above every name. This is wonderful. This is the wonder of Christ. This is the wonder of you and me, who we are. We are who he is. In this world, we are like him. Not just will be. In this world, we are like him. When we see this, I could have read all kinds of names. He's the advocate. He's the he's almighty. He's Alpha and Omega. He's Amen. He's the apostle. He's atoning sacrifice. He's the author of life. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's the uh, author and perfecter of our faith. He's the author of salvation. He's the beginning and the end. He's the blessed and only ruler. He's the bread of God. He's the bread of life. He's the capstone. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the chief shepherd. He's Christ. He's creator, deliverer. There's more than a hundred names. God thought with all wisdom, all knowledge, Jesus was sufficient. Yep, yep. <laughs> he saves. Yep. 